got some good news. Uh, Brother Childers is out of the hospital, and he's home doing better. Mrs. Childers told me she, they got him on steroids, and he's eating the house up. He can't feed him enough. And uh, But she's doing good, and her mother's doing better, and her son had it, and he's doing better. But uh, glad to hear that. Then they had a little boy, grandson. Uh, let's see, that's grandson. That's grandson, I think. Yeah, that's seven pounds and something. I forgot how much. But they had to take it Friday, I think. Cesarean. Uh, but uh, everybody's doing good, and that's good news. Amen. I uh, I love the lesson this morning. I've been enjoying just studying it. But let's have prayer first, please. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for being able to be here today. You've been good to us. You've watched over and protected us. We thank you for it. We thank you for blessing Mrs. Harden and taking care of her. And as just so many been ill, not just with this COVID, but just sickness. And we ask you, dear God, that you'd raise them up quickly. But Father, if you'll bless you today now as we study thy word together, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love the story in chapter Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Before I read that part, turn over with me to Revelation just a second. Revelation 19. And I'd like to read verse 7 and verse 8. Revelation 19, verse 7 and verse 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Remember that verse 8 as we go. Now, Matthew chapter 22. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Again he sent forth servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen, my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, coming to the marriage. But they made light of it, and went their way, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants, and entreated them spitefully, and slew them. And when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways, and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not only a wedding garment, and he saith unto him, Friend, how canest camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, 
bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, I want to show you from these passages, and I could show you many other passages like them. I like the story in the Old Testament in, um, about the Abraham sending his uh, servant out to get a bride for his son, Isaac, and it fits right with this story. But if you study this story, you'll understand how God's salvation works. God chose the nation Israel, first of all, as his nation. He bid them as a nation to come to the wedding of his son, Jesus. Israel refused to come to Jesus at his first coming. Israel rejected the king of glory for moving over them. And when Israel refused to come to the wedding... Uh, supper of the Son of God, then God the Father, the King of all heaven and earth, invited whosoever will may come, in verse 9. Now, that's the same where we're at today. We're in a day of grace. I love this part, Romans 10 and verse 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, that's why I love to be a preacher for that simple reason. Uh, you invite anybody to come. Amen. I don't care what they've done or who are or what color of skin or what race they are. That makes no difference with God. What makes a difference is whosoever will may come. Now, notice how this parable illustrates the wonderful gospel of the grace of God. Notice the king or God's provision. Now, the king represents God in this story. Verse 4, God the Father has sent the Holy Spirit of God, His servant, into this world to tell all who will hear the Bible, the Word of God, Behold, God has killed His fatling, that is, Jesus Christ, on the cross. All things are ready. You don't have to do anything but come, eat. Amen? Did you know I've dealt with so many people in and, and part of my family in the past, and I know you have heard it too. I got to do something to get saved. There's something I got to do. No, you don't. All you have to do is come. God has already made provision. He's killed His fatted calf, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And everyone that came to this feast found the same thing that all sinners find when they come to the King of Glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number one. They found rest at the king's table. Number two, they found shelter under the king's roof. Number three, they found satisfaction in eating of the king's food or his word. And number four, they found fellowship with the king's friends and guests. Now, notice the invitation in verse 4. Verse 4. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fattens are killed, and all things are ready, coming to the marriage. I like this. Tell them that are called. Did you know John 3.16 is still in the Bible? God says, Come into all the world, may come into Him. That's the invitation. Every born-again believer becomes the bride of Christ. Whosoever will may be 
part of that bride then. Notice the bad, the good were called. Jesus never separated the good people to be saved from the bad people. In fact, Jesus came in this world to save bad people. You can't find in the Bible where any is good. And Romans makes it very plain that there is none righteous, no, not one. And we look at people and we separate them as good people and bad people as human beings, but God doesn't. God puts us all in the same fix. We're all bad. And Jesus said He came in this world to save sinners. So the only requirement of salvation is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, Acts chapter 16, verse 31. But notice this also to make light of the invitation is to make light of God who gave it. How many people have you ever heard make light of the Word of God? How many people have you ever made, you tried to explain the plan of salvation to them? It's so simple in the Romans Road. You go down the Romans Road and tell everybody you're a sinner. All you have to do is call on the Lord. And they make light of it. It can't be that easy. Or they'll make a fun of you trying to tell the world how to be saved. Now, that's an insult. Somebody said, well, that, you get insulted if you go out and witness for the Lord. No. I learned something very quickly in the ministry. They're not insulting me. They're insulting my God has sent me. They're insulting His Word. Amen? Now, notice this. To make light of the invitation is to make light of God who gave it. Notice also the inspection of the king. Now look at chapter 22 for a minute, just a second, in verse 11. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had on a wedding garment. I, I read that picture, uh, that uh, story, uh, that verse there, and I, I, it come to a picture in my mind that all men one day is going to stand before a live God. Amen? Everybody's invited. Everybody can come. Everybody's going to have, but the king is going to come in, and I'm not going to be the inspector, and neither is anybody else. The king, God, is going to be the inspector of those who can stay there with him at the wedding. The inspection, the king came in to see the guests. One thing about it, but you may fool me, and you may fool the whole world, but you won't feel fool the king on that day. Now, He's the inspector of the hearts of man. Now, notice verse 11 again, the detection of the king. He saw a man which had not on a wedding garment. Only one man, think about this, of all the guests there, he picked out that one man, he saw that one man. Can you imagine this for just a second? What if I had a wedding for my daughter or my son? And I said to you, I'm going to invite you and all your neighbors and everybody comes to my son's wedding. And uh, I would expect you to come dress for the wedding. And suppose this one guy, though, he came in, he'd been working around a bunch of cows and hogs in the field. He smelled like them. He had fertilizer on his clothes. He had a bad odor about him and everything else. And people would look at him and pick him out as different than all the rest. You know, one of these days, all of us are going to stand before the Lord. And if you're not saved, you're the one that's going to be stuck out. 
It was not what he had, but it was not it was what he did not have on. Isaiah sixty one and verse eleven. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garment of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. Think about this just a minute. Let's go back to that fellow that I was talking about coming in with the dirty garments on. God said he provided your garment. Why didn't you put it on? That's the question. He provided it. He didn't have to come in dressed like that. He didn't come in, have to come in in that condition because God, somebody said, well, I don't have the right clothes or I don't have the right uh, things to come to church. That had nothing to do with it. God provides the garment of righteousness. Amen? I, I've tried my best to tell people ever since I got saved, give your best to the Lord. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about give your best to the Lord. Dress your best. Talk the best. Act the best. Do the best you can for the Lord. And you know why? You come in for a king. You come in for God. I can't imagine trying to go before God without the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to my sins. I've thought about that a great deal. Revelation 19 verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. When you read Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 14, there's a day coming when if you're not washed from your sins in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not getting in then. And it's just that simple. And they'll go out gnashing your teeth. And most people are like Romans 10 and verse 3 who go about to establish their own righteousness. Now, Amos, though, says in chapter 4, verse 12, prepare to meet thy God. You know what the preparation is? It's receiving Jesus Christ to your Savior, then you're prepared. Amen? I'm glad I haven't got to do a million things to get ready for the Lord to come. The only thing I have to do to get ready for the Lord to come is to receive His Son. And I'm welcomed in. Now let's turn over, please, just a moment uh, to uh, just let me explain the story. You go back to Abraham for just a minute. And Abraham sent out his servant to get his son Isaac a bride. And there was one requirement that was made. And by the way, the whole world tried to stop the servant from getting to his the bride, he tried to get her to stay a little while longer, get home, tried everything in the world, but finally come down to one question. And her daddy asked her, would you go with this servant to Isaac? She had to make a choice herself. And when she said, I will go, that's all it takes. Amen. When Jesus comes and asks you in your heart and convicts you that you're a sinner, you're not prepared for heaven, you need to get prepared. And he explains to you God's plan of salvation. Jesus came in this world to save sinners. Jesus is God's uh, a son, and he's prepared a wedding. Won't it be a great day when we go to that wedding feast? 
And we're going to be prepared to meet Him on that day. You know, I deal with a lot of people that they act like they're afraid of the coming of the Lord. They're afraid to meet God. They're scared to death when you think about, uh, does it bother you to talk about hell? Don't bother me. I'm not going there. Amen. Uh, does it bother you to think about standing before Almighty God one day? Don't bother me. You know why? Because I'm clothed in His righteousness. I'm welcome. That's the difference. I remember a day when I was not saved that lightning struck close to me and scared me to death. And I tried to hide from the Lord. I literally got on a fork with <laughs> building up on a high floor and I was under there trying to hide from the lightning. And I said, you dummy, if God wants you, He'll get you. Amen. And, and the thing about it is, and it's something how a lost person goes through this world scared to death to stand before the king, the king of all the earth. And, and now that I'm saved, I look forward to it. I'm going to that great wedding. And I'm going to be invited. You're welcome in. For this one simple reason. I have the righteousness of God upon me, which is the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when God sees the blood, He welcomes in. Amen. But think of all those that's going to go to God in His righteousness. A man came to me. He went to a wedding in New York this week. And I was talking to him. He said, you can't believe that cathedral that had the great uh, organ. You know, he talked about these pipes, and he said all the things he talked about was in that building. And he said, do you realize how much it cost them to have that wedding? He said, all that money they threw away on that wedding is all they could talk about, and all that pomp and glory and all that thing. And I think about this a lot. You know, I made this order to them just as simple as I can make it because I don't want anybody to come in looking at the lights and looking at the things on the wall and looking at everything else in the world. I want people to come into church to think about one thing, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a Catholic lady get saved several years ago in this church, and she came in and she said uh, uh, she got saved here in this church. And, and I said, now you need to come on, follow the Lord, and believe in baptism. And, but she kept going back to the, the Catholic Church for this reason. She said, I love the church buildings. I love what's in there. I love the pomp and everything that goes with it. I got news for you. Oh, that's going to be burned up one day. Amen. And God's looking for one thing. He's not looking for all of that stuff around us. He's looking to see if you've got the right garment on and if you got the right garment on, you're welcome to the wedding. Amen. I'm looking forward to that great day. Father, would you bless now in the coming hour? We're so glad today we're saved by your grace, not by anything we do, not by our works. Bless everybody here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.